0: Welcome to Savvy and Sensible with Albin, Randall, and Bennett. We're here with ARB's experienced CPAs sharing fresh ideas and guidance so you can make intelligent financial decisions to help your organization thrive. Welcome to today's podcast. My name is David Jean and I'm your host today. We have Dan Doyron. Dan Doyron is a tax partner at Albin, Randall, and Bennett. Welcome, Dan. Thank you, David. This is the second podcast in a series addressing retirement planning, specifically individual retirement accounts. In our first podcast, we learned about qualified plans, which are plans established by employers for the benefit of their employees. In this second podcast, we're going to discuss retirement accounts or IRAs. In our third podcast, we're going to discuss retirement strategies using both qualified plans and IRAs. In particular, we're going to consider the benefits of these plans for younger taxpayers, but this information is relevant no matter your age. In our first podcast of the series, you explained about the tax-favorite features of a qualified plan, focused primarily on the 401k plan. There are different types of qualified plans and different types of individual retirement accounts as well. What type of IRAs exist?
1: So, David, um, the most common types of individual retirement accounts that people are familiar with probably are traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs, and we're going to talk about both of those in some detail today. There are two other types of IRAs that you might hear about. They're called, uh, one is called a SEP, IRA, S-E-P, and the other one is called a simple IRA. And both of these are really another type of qualified plan established by a business. Uh, they're subject to special rules. They use IRA accounts sort of as a basis for, um, for their existence. And they're a simple way, uh, a simpler way for a small business to offer a retirement plan to their employees rather than a 401k plan. Uh, we're not really going to focus on those two types of IRAs uh, today.
0: Thanks. Can you explain the tax advantaged features of individual retirement accounts?
1: Yeah, there are two major advantages of an IRA. Contributions can be fully or partially deductible, depending on what type of IRA is involved. And your personal circumstances also will dictate whether you get a tax deduction or not. And generally amounts inside the IRA, including the earnings and gains, are not going to be taxed until they're distributed out of the plan. For a Roth IRA, if these rules are followed, distributions and of earnings and gains are not taxed, even when they
0: are distributed. So can anyone open and contribute to an IRA?
1: In order to fund a traditional or a Roth IRA, a taxpayer needs to have what's called earned income. And earned income is generally wages, commissions, other self-employment income. A good rule of thumb is if the income is being subjected to social security taxes, you're paying um, social security tax or self-employment tax on it, then it's earned income. Uh, There are some special rules for married couples when only one spouse has earned income, and those rules can allow contributions to be made for the non-working spouse. Uh, Contributions into an IRA must be made in cash is one special rule that applies, so you can't take stock and put it into an IRA as a contribution but that can happen when you're rolling over funds between IRAs that's really the only time non-cash transactions can go into an IRA. Okay so how much can be contributed and when can contributions be made to an IRA? So for 2021 uh, the maximum allowed contribution to either a traditional or a Roth IRA is $6,000. If someone is over 50 like you and I are David um, An extra $1,000 can be contributed. Uh, Contributions can be made at any time during the year uh, or by the due date for filing your income tax return for that year, not including extensions, and that's an important consideration. So that's generally by April 15th. This is one of the few options available to essentially do some tax planning after the end of the year, where you can actually put money into a plan, sort of saving money for yourself and generate a tax deduction possibly. Uh, When the contribution is made, you designate which year that the contribution is being made for. And it's very important to select the right year. If you're in that period between January 1st and April 15th of the following year, you definitely wanna make sure that
0: you designate the previous year as being the the year of the contribution. contribution. I think over the years, we've certainly seen some errors uh, in terms of selecting the proper year. No fault of anyone, but sometimes it's the paperwork or, or whatnot. So that's, that's really a really good point. It can create some headaches with the IRS. It really does. Um, how does a traditional IRA work?
1: So with a traditional IRA, it's possible to get a tax deduction for the contributions that the individual puts into the plan. And all withdrawals from the traditional IRA are subject to income tax.
0: When you say it's possible to get a tax deduction, what determines if you get a tax deduction for a traditional IRA? contribution?
1: So your ability to deduct the traditional IRA contribution depends on your filing status, your income level, and whether or not you participate in an employer-sponsored retirement plan. So participation in an employer-sponsored retirement plan essentially means that funds are going into another retirement plan for your benefit during the tax year in question. And participation is something that can change from year to year. There's a box on Form W-2 that all employees get uh, that indicates if you're a participant in a retirement plan. So the employer will check that off if, if you are a participant in the plan to let the IRS know that that is the case and then that has an impact on your ability to take an IRA deduction. So can you give me some examples of participation in a retirement plan? Sure, if, if you're having funds deferred into your employer's 401k plan, Uh, then you're a participant in a retirement plan. If you're self-employed and you set up one of these SEP IRAs or simple IRAs that I mentioned earlier uh, and you make contributions into the plan for that particular year, then you're a participant in a retirement plan.
0: How about if you're in a retirement plan at your business and you don't make elective contributions to the plan, but your employer makes contributions on your behalf? That's a good question. I, it was my understanding that you're still a participant in the plan. Okay, I mean, I have to admit, you got me there. Uh, but it makes sense that you would be a participant in the plan. You'd be a participant in the plan. Um, so, being a participant in a retirement plan can impact your ability to deduct a traditional IRA contribution.
1: Yes, um, your ability to get a tax deduction is subject to limitations if you participate in an employer uh, retirement plan during the year. So, for 2021, if you're single and your adjusted gross income which is basically your total income. If that figure is less than $66,000, your deduction is not going to be limited. But once your AGI hits 76,000, you're going to get no deduction. So that zone between 66 and 76,000 is where you're going to get a partial deduction. So similarly, if you're married filing joint, the figures there are AGI of less than 105,000, you get a deduction. Once you hit 125,000, you get no deduction. In between those two, you get a partial deduction. Uh, Married filing separate individuals have little chance of getting an IRA deduction, really, um, when they're covered by a plan. Because once AGI exceeds 10,000, no deduction is allowed. And between 0 and 10,000 is where you get uh, a partial deduction. Uh, These amounts uh, are different and slightly higher if you file jointly, are not covered by a plan, but your spouse is covered by a plan.
0: Well, you know, fortunately we have tax software that handles these calculations, but for many of our clients, you know, they may not know what they're able to contribute on a tax deductible basis until we sort of prepare the return that able then to figure out what the maximum deductions are. So, um, you know, thank God for technology. What if someone is not considered a participant in a retirement plan for a particular year? So it's important
1: to recognize that if you're not covered by a plan during a particular year and you're single, you can deduct an IRA contribution no matter what your level of income is. You could earn a bazillion dollars, hit the lottery, and even though your income is very, very high, as long as you're not covered by a plan, you can still get a deduction for an IRA contribution. If you're married filing joint and both of you are not covered by a plan, again, you can deduct an IRA contribution no matter your level of income.
0: Yeah, thanks for that clarity, because I, I know in, in, you know talk with folks, that there just seems to be a perception that if you make so much, you can't contribute. Um, it's really based on whether or not you're participating in an employer plan. So there seems to be a, bit, a little bit of a misnomer there. So I've heard of non-deductible contributions to additional IRA. What is that about?
1: So if you can't deduct contributions to a traditional IRA, but you still choose to make the contributions, contributions are considered non-deductible. And they give you what's called tax basis in your IRA. And it's the responsibility of the IRA owner to keep track of that figure over what might be a long period of time. The IRA custodian is not gonna do it for you. So uh, tracking that can be a little bit of a headache, and it's certainly conceivable that people are gonna lose track of that number over the years, which may end up costing them tax dollars. Because when you take distributions out of the traditional IRA, this tax basis is going to reduce the amount that's subject to, to tax. Uh, the calculation for recovering that is somewhat complicated and the basis is not spe- particular to a specific account. So it gets spread out over all of your IRAs when you make that calculation. So you, It can be sort of peanuts, unfortunately, in the year of a distribution in some cases. So non-deductible traditional IRA contributions are really not the optimal situation, but it can make sense for some
0: people. And there is a special form, I know, uh, a special IRAs form that tracks your basis on non-deductible contributions. So hopefully the tax preparers are uh, including that form with the tax return and more importantly carrying that form over from year to year to year.
1: Yes, and uh-huh. hopefully clients are telling right. uh, preparers when they're making
0: non-deductible contributions right. to the plan. If they're keeping that to themselves. Then yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Lost. That's a good point. Some taxpayers may think, well, it's not deductible, so why do I really need to provide that information it doesn't go as the deduction on the return? It may not go as a deduction on the return, but it still gets reported as a non-deductible contribution. Right. So that's a really good point, important point. Um, are there some things that are big no-nos with a IRA account? Yes, there are. As you can imagine, um,
1: you can't borrow money from an IRA. You can't sell property to an IRA. You can't use an IRA as security for a loan. Uh, You can't buy property for personal use with money that's inside the IRA. And it's also dangerous to have an IRA invest in non-publicly traded assets or assets that are controlled by the IRA participant. Like you have your your private company and you want to have your IRA invest in it. That's a very dangerous prospect.
0: Okay, so that covers the basis of traditional IRAs. How does a Roth IRA work?
1: So with a Roth IRA, it's it's, uh, kind of a little backwards from a traditional IRA. With a traditional IRA, you get a deduction on the way in, and you pay tax on everything on the way out. With a Roth, you don't get a deduction on the way in, and you don't pay any tax on anything when you take money out. Um, To be able to contribute to a Roth, you need earned income, and you're – overall adjusted gross income has to be below certain amounts the big long-term advantage of the Roth is the fact that the withdrawals will not be subject to income tax when you take them out
0: I think they refer to as a Roth because wasn't it Senator Roth who introduced yeah I think he was a senator from Delaware senator from Delaware uh is that pretty amazing that you can actually have a plan named after yourself by introducing
1: it? Yeah, and you know, as I was getting ready for this, I, I found the Senator K. Bailey Hutchinson spousal IRA, which we never hear about, <laughs> but in the instructions,
0: they they refer to that. <laughs> um, so at what income level do Roth IRA contributions begin to be limited?
1: So for 2021, if you're single and your adjusted gross income, which again is basically your total income, if that figure is less than $125,000, you're you are good to go with a Roth contribution but once that figure hits 140,000 your contribution is re- is reduced to zero. So that zone between 125 and 140,000 is where you, you only can make a partial contribution. For married filing joint, the figures are 198,000. Where under that figure your contribution is is not limited and once you hit 208,000 the contribution is reduced to zero. Uh, Married filing separate, again, they get the short end of the stick. The figure there, again, is $10,000. So once you hit $10,000 of income, no contribution is allowed. Uh, And again, these amounts, with the exception of the married filing separate amounts, are different than the amounts that we referred to a little earlier when we were talking about being able to deduct a traditional IRA
0: contribution. Earlier, you mentioned that certain requirements need to be met in order for distribution from a Roth IRA to be tax-free. What are those requirements? So
1: the distribution has to be made after the five-year period beginning with the first taxable year for which a contribution was made to a Roth IRA set up for your benefit. A Roth IRA, and that's an important distinction. It's not the Roth IRA that you may be taking the money out of. It's just any Roth IRA. Um, the distribution is made on or after the date you reach age 59 and a half or because of disability, or for a first-time home purchase, or made to a beneficiary or your estate after your death. You can get a return of your original IRA cont- Roth contribution at any time
0: as well. So you can uh, tap into the funds to get a,
1: a return of your contribution.
0: So I've got an easy question for you. Which is better, a traditional or Roth IRA?
1: Oh yeah, that's... that's uh, <laughs> Real easy question. Uh, you know, many people wrestle with us, and I get this question a lot, I think we all do, from our clients. Um, and the answer really depends on your individual circumstances. And part of it is how confident you feel in the promise that Roth IRA distributions will never be subject to tax. You know, I like to say forever is a very long time. I'm not the only one that says that, but um, Congress and the President have the power to change the law in this regard. And while this change has never been proposed, one could envision circumstances, perhaps, where Roth distributions could be made to be taxable, uh, such as if your income exceeds a certain level, we're going to start to tax your Roth, or we're going to consider this to be an addition to the alternative minimum tax. Um, who knows what else they might come up with. Uh, but in general, you know, a Roth should be very attractive to young taxpayers because of the many, many years that they have until retirement. And the usual fact pattern that young taxpayers are probably going to be in a low tax bracket early in their life when they're making the contributions. So being able to get a tax deduction for the contribution maybe isn't that big a deal because they're not in a uh, significant or a high tax bracket. And then when they take the money out, maybe they're in a higher tax bracket and uh, it's not being subject to tax. So, um, you know, in general, a Roth is something that people need to consider as part of their overall retirement plan
0: the um i know that for for folks who you know not quite sure which way to go roth or traditional obviously seeking advice from a uh, financial planner financial advisor certainly makes those, some sense and I, I remember when the roth iris first came out i remember there used to be all these i call them sort of calculators that were free on the website you go in and you know compare a Roth traditionally basically you know you put on what estimated income tax brackets you are, when are you going to retire, you know, give you these, this magic answer in terms of, you know, what makes the most sense. So I think there are some of those calculators on there and perhaps it may be worth, um, you know, investigating some of those, but certainly talking to a financial advisor makes a lot of sense as well. So great, Dan, really appreciate your time. I think you've given our listeners lots of good information about individual retirement accounts. We hope our listeners will join us for our final podcast and our retirement planning series, which we will discuss retirement planning strategies using both qualified plans and individual retirement plans. I'd like to thank you all for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Savvy and Sensible. Visit us at ARBCPA.com for additional resources and to learn more about our services.